You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Bad Batch episode, Rampage. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me this week, as per usual, the altitudinous Kyle Avery. <laughs> oh, I'll take that. We're a little less illustrious I, uh, without Joe this week, but I've got Yeah, we're slightly so. less illustrious, but we're still... we're. Hey, you know what, though? Like, on average, we're taller so true true yeah so i (laughs) i awesome i hate altitudinous some might some might say i have the high ground you know you uh yeah uh, you know that's not that's not bad that's not bad you do have the high ground i we got no no news this week nothing really happening in the world of the star wars i it is it is now June, uh, which is Pride Month, so we'll call that out and just say uh, Happy Pride to all of our uh, LGBTQ plus uh, uh, listeners and uh, and friends out there. Um, and uh, I it's I feel like maybe Lucasfilm is kind of like they're not talking about anything this week because it is the beginning of Pride, so they're kind of just letting that be the thing this week um which is which is nice uh you know i mean like look lucasfilm has a bit of a disney and lucasfilm i have a have a bit of a weird past i don't know just kind of like just almost like non-existent in a way uh with with this stuff um there's some there's some stuff out there of like you know it always feels like it always feels like people at Lucasfilm are trying to I uh, 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 get representation into the stories where they can. Um, but that sort of the corporate overlord uh, component of uh, of Disney is very much like, yeah, but don't say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, for example, you know, I I. There are a couple of stories that very heavily imply that that uh, uh, Lando Calrissian is uh, pansexual, um, and and Donald Glover basically said that that's how he played the character, um, and I think that Billy D. Williams has kind of been like, "Hey, he's you know he's whatever." Uh, he's, he's well, just... I I think somebody confirmed that maybe one of the writers or somebody. Like, I know that's like a behind, yeah. that's a, that's a behind the scenes thing that that's been like officially confirmed, but obviously it's not. Yeah, in this but it's never, I, I mean, like the, the closest that we get to it is, is, um, is L3 sort of maybe, maybe kind of sideways implying some stuff about her and Lando, but yeah. I, I, but it is all like very, I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's all over the place. I uh, and then and then we've got Flix and Orca, who the writers have said, uh, the writers of Star Wars Resistance have said that Flix and Orca are a couple, 
Um, I, but it's obviously, it's not, it's not explicit in the text, let's say. So, um, here's hoping that, that, you know, uh, and Afra as well is, is, um, Afra is a little bit more explicit because Afra in the comics, uh, Dr. Afra does, uh, uh, regularly, um, I don't have, I, I don't know that they like has, uh, what's the other character, the character, the Han Solo's wife character, man, those comics. Oh, are I, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, dang, that's gonna, that's gonna bug me, but whatever. Uh, they, uh, I, I think especially in the, in the radio drama, it's, it's, uh, it's referenced. Uh, the 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 Doctor Afra uh, like the audio drama thing that they did. It's not quite an audio book. It's kind of an adaptation of the comics, but with some extra stuff. Um, man, what is? I don't even know how to go about searching that character's name because um, it's like I don't Han Solo's wife. <laughs> Let's see, uh, not Princess Leia. That's not who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh Santa Staros. There we go. There's the character. Oh, okay. Um So yeah, like it's 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 uh it I because I haven't read all the comics and I and I haven't read the newer Doctor Afra stuff. I've read the first, I think, two volumes of Doctor Afra. I but I haven't read the stuff with her and, and Santa Staros. Um but I think that it's like that's part of that story. So there's they're making headway with it and like stuff is is kind of making its way into star Wars, but, but it is still one of those things where it's like, it still feels like they're very afraid to do it. And then obviously the kiss and rise of Skywalker, that's all we're not going to, we're not going to get into it, but just, <laughs> just like it, just to know that, cause this is not, this isn't a condemnation of the, the quality of rise of Skywalker. This is, uh, this is sort of like the Disney Lucasfilm corporate, side of it that like in the North American, in most of the versions at the end of the movie during the celebration scene, there are two women who kiss and that scene is removed for certain territories where that would make the movie uh, illegal. Let's, let's say just for simplicity's sake, I, I, and yeah, so it's one of those things where where I know that like in the lead up to Rise of Skywalker, there was a, a big deal was made about it, about there being, uh, uh like a confirmed explicit, uh, gay couple in it, and everybody was kind of like, Finpo, uh, and obviously that's not what we got. What we got was a scene, not even a scene, a shot with two characters that is very easily removed from the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's stuff like that, that, that I think has, has some people, I, I, they, a little bit, I, I, I don't know, put off by, by the, the corporate shows of, uh, of, 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 you know, ra- rainbow logos and whatnot. But, um, and, and I, like, I, I totally understand that and support it, but I do also think that there are people within Lucasfilm. And I think that that's worth acknowledging that that there are individuals within Lucasfilm that that uh, that are they are trying to change that culture. They are trying to 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 make those statements. 
Um, and certainly there have been creatives who have, who have tried to put that stuff in there. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's, yeah, it, I don't know. It's kind of neither here nor there in terms of Bad Batch, but I just thought that it was, when we, when we say as, as a podcast that, that, uh, you know, we, we support pride and we support, uh, LGBTQ plus and, 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 and all of that stuff, um, that, that sort of comes uh, along with that, uh, it's, I think it's also important to just acknowledge that like, Hey, this thing that we love that we're here to talk about, it doesn't necessarily live up to, uh, uh, that standard in the way that, that we hope that it would, but, uh, yeah. but even still just to let everybody know this, this podcast is a safe place, uh, that, uh, that, uh, everybody is welcome. I don't like to, for me, like, Hey, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, every, every, everybody's, everybody's listens count the same <laughs> kind of the way that I look at it. Right. Like, yeah, like yep. it doesn't like, I, yeah, I don't know. And, and, and we try and be as inclusive as we can. Um, and certainly as progressive as we can, which I think is in yeah, keeping in spirit with star Wars. And, and I know that there are certain other podcasts or YouTubers out there that, uh, let's say they don't, they don't quite, uh, understand that aspect of star Wars. And, uh, yeah. So I, like, I know that, that there are people out there in the community that feel like sometimes there's not a place for them, but, uh, I like as much as I can say as a, uh, cisgendered heterosexual white guy, I, I I I I do my best to to make sure that Thunderquack and Rebel Cells and Faster More Intense like that that these are open, inviting, welcome places for people, no matter what your uh, uh, orientation, gender, identity, any of that stuff, right? Um, and so yeah, I don't know. It's just I since there's no news, I just thought, hey, we'll we'll just talk about that right at the beginning there. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, uh, so happy Pride to everybody. I, I celebrate uh, in in whatever way uh, makes you happy. I and I, you know, I, I it's just the corporate part of it. I don't know. It just always, I always feel weird about it because it's like like I I did see a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. They like change their logos and stuff today and put up put up posts and and that sort of thing. And I always just feel kind of weird about it. Of like of it feeling a little bit performative um, to just be like, here's a, here's a rainbow version of our logo or something like yeah. that. Um, I, but I, but then I also go like, Oh, but this doesn't make it look like we're not supporting. So I don't know. It's like a catch 22. I don't want to, I don't want to come off as one of those, like, like we're just, we're just on the bandwagon with everybody else. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that. I don't, I don't, yeah. have a, I, I don't think there is a right or wrong answer to that. Cause yeah. you know, I mean, people do the same thing with, you know, I don't know, black lives matter and black history month and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, some people appreciate the gesture. Other people say, you know, your words are empty and you, you know, we need more action and whatever. So, yeah. 
yeah it's yeah it's definitely it can be one of those uh damned if you do damned if you don't sort <laughs> yeah of i think at a i think at a certain point as long as your own intentions are are pure yeah. and you're you know doing things for the right reasons you just kind of kind of do your thing and tune out the noise on the internet because somebody's yeah. always going to have something to say about it and i think that's why i'm more inclined to just like talk about it on the podcast right like yeah. I, because because like to be honest it's like there's a handful of you guys out there that listening. I, uh, I, and when I say guys, I'm, I always use that as a gender neutral term. I, uh, but I, I, like there's a handful of you out there that, they I, that interact with us on social media and stuff. But for the most part, I mean, like we have a pretty good number of listeners and maybe like a half a dozen people that aren't like, that aren't like my friends. <laughs> That they that like 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 Matt Campbell or 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 uh, or Marty or you know like 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 you know the handful uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, of people like there there's like a there's like a dozen or so maybe a half a dozen other people that comment on the regular. Um, so it's also one of those things of like it's you know it's not really no nobody's even gonna really see it anyways. I. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just an excuse. Maybe I'm just lazy. Maybe I'm just busy with other stuff. Uh, but, uh, but, but all of that said, I, 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 you know, we, we do support pride. We do support, uh, I, I mean like not just, not just, uh, like the LGBTQ plus side of it, but like you said, black lives matter. I, I, the, uh, recently with the, uh, the uh stop uh aapi yeah is, mm-hmm. yeah hate uh like with that whole whole uh movement campaign uh support that stuff as well but uh, uh i don't know sometimes it's just it if it, it it feels like there's another thing every couple of weeks <laughs> yeah pretty um, much i and uh and it and 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 i know that some people is like hey i just want to talk about star wars <laughs> so try and be respectful of that too but uh, keep it a little bit more for faster, more intense. I think that's that's where we kind of get into our more like lofty discussions of stuff. But but it, I do think it is worth noting here at the beginning of the month that uh, that you know that that should be something that we think about. Um, it should be something that I think that that we should be asking Disney specifically uh, to to do better on. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like I I think I. I personally think like the animation is, is a really great place to um, to move with that stuff because I uh, like characters like Flix and Orca, you can do that in a way that's not, you know, it's, it's not super overt. Um, the thing that I always liked about Flix and Orca, my, they, they were my favorite characters in, in resistance. The thing that I always liked about them is that it wasn't like, they weren't like, hey these characters are gay right it was just you can go back and you can listen to old episodes of resistance i i that that matt and i covered and and you can hear me going like i think these guys are a couple (laughs) because it was just kind of baked into their characters of like there's there's an episode specific i don't remember what episode it is but there's a moment where they're they they uh they're talking about about like they went and they visited 
Orca's mom, I think. Oh yeah, and I there was that. there's just like this. I don't remember exactly what it was, but there's just like this moment where, like, when I was watching it, I remember going like, "Oh, oh, that doesn't that doesn't sound like I uh, like just sort of your standard." Like, oh, oh, like my friend's mom. It's, it sounded a lot more like you're talking about an in-law. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, and I think I brought it up on the podcast and that and I had a, had a bit of a laugh about it. And then and then not too long later, uh, I, some of the writers confirmed it, that uh, that those characters were envisioned that way, um, which is which is ex- sort of like there's like an extra layer on top of it. Because not only that dynamic, but there's like one's a one's a pudgy little bat guy, and then the other one is like a feathered egg on chopsticks, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, so you're kind of like, how does how does this work? You know what? It's Star Wars. Who cares? Um, yep. It works. I, I to quote to quote uh, L three. I, I <laughs> but yeah, I so I I don't know like like. I I think that that animation affords us the flexibility to see those those kinds of characters and relationships on screen without it being like sort of like the headline there and there were headlines but it wasn't like the sort of headline grabbing if they had had the uh the the guts if they had had the gumption to to make Finn and Poe partners right um which is kind of what it always goes back to for me and 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 i'm always i'm always reminded of that interview with oscar isaac where he was like yeah there was an interview in the lead up to rise of skywalker or maybe it was right after rise of skywalker but there was a like he was basically like asked about what what he would have liked to have seen like so i think it was sort of like with the with the the trilogy coming to a close was there anything that you didn't get to explore that you would have liked to and and oscar was like i i yeah i would have liked to have seen finn and poe together uh but uh and and he sort of like the way he says it is like is in a way of like he very clearly campaigned for it and was mm-hmm. told no and yeah. is frustrated by that fact because he was like here's an opportunity to do something that the fans want to see because there are a lot of fans who who ship those characters after the Force Awakens, and uh, uh, I granted, I mean, obviously not all the fans want to see it, but but there's there's I think there's a sizable number of fans, myself included, that, that want to see it. Um, and it's and it is one of those things of like, hey, there's like 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 two of the leads in Star Wars are playing the characters as gay, like that's that would have been a very big very progressive move but uh you know all of the reasons that i stated before that that didn't happen but um but yeah so i in my head it, it, there's still room for it it's it's still i i look at at poe is very similar to lando in the sense of like i don't i don't think he cares i just like he lives in a galaxy far far away and he'll make out with finn he'll make out with uh, uh, you know, a uh, a uh, 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 Twi'lek. He'll make out with whoever, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Zori, who mostly wears a helmet. Uh, yep. it, it doesn't matter to him. Yeah, he's uh, he's 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 open. He's he's open to it. 
So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to see more. I, I want, I, I would love to see them do more, uh, in terms of representation with that. Cause obviously there's been a lot of, uh, sort of like, like, like racial representation and that, that sort of thing. But, uh, uh, and obviously a, a lot more women in the star Wars galaxy, um, mm-hmm. in, in the last decade, uh, than there were previously. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It would be nice. Anything yeah, to add and anything no, else? I, well, I was just going to say, you know, I mean, I agree with what you said that like, I think animation, not just animation though, but like Disney plus in general and, you know, yeah. doing these smaller kind of series that can kind of get more into the nitty gritty and explore characters more. And you're not putting all your eggs in one basket with, you know, a movie coming out once every two years and it's a big $300 million gamble and you have to kind of appeal to the widest general audience. Um, You know, if you, if you do something where you're exploring more diversity and, you know, same sex relationships or whatever it is in a Disney plus series. And for whatever reason, that's not somebody's cup of tea. They can, choose to watch the next series or wait till the next movie comes out or whatever. So um, yeah, hopefully we'll get to see some more of that as they, uh, you know, start just building out the Disney plus stuff. And, you know, we know they've got a ton of uh, series down the line, including a Lando one. So I don't know, maybe we'll see more of that on screen with him too. So there is definitely a hope there with the Lando series, uh, whatever that is. Uh, We don't really know a lot of details about it. Right. But, uh, but whatever that is, the, the hope is that, is that that can be, I mean, like, like uh, one of the tweets that I saw recently is just that, uh, you know, we're hoping that, that, uh, that Lando is queer AF. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, and, and like, I, yeah, like a hundred percent and not in the sense of like, I don't want it to be like, like the focus of it. Right. But, but I would love to see them not hold back on the storytelling because when we when we when you say like oh a Lando series like yeah one of the things that I want to see is Lando being charming uh, as he adventures across the galaxy and uh, and and so there's there's lots of room for him to uh, explore all of that um, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't know we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see I. Cool. With that, you want to you want to get into this episode, talk rampage. Yeah, let's do it. What else you got? Give me more. Hyperdrive's online. Cross that. Take the towers. How many are there? Five of them. That's Clone Force ninety nine. This is Wrecker. Hunter, Echo, Tech, and Crosshair. My name's Omega. The Clone Wars have ended. You can either adapt and survive, or die with the past. Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Good soldiers follow orders. Episode recap. Alrighty. Uh, oh man, I'm the worst. I am the worst. Let me bring up IMDb because I did not update the director of this episode. Uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Oh, are these um, still the last ones from last week? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I knew. I you know, like I finished 
doing the rundown and and there was something in the back of my head where it was like you did did you do everything um and i think what i ended up doing was like oh like did i i didn't look to see if there were new uh descriptions Mm. for episodes and then when there weren't i got dejected as always and 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 walked away from it uh (laughs) but uh uh let me see uh go to the full list uh so this episode was directed by steward lee um and uh written by uh tamara betcher uh and uh yeah and then you know like the rest of the sort of uh, uh usual suspects uh, uh supervising director brad rao uh you know uh, mm-hmm. story editor matt Michnovitz. uh but uh but yeah those are the uh, uh steward lee and uh and uh tamara betcher uh or becker maybe i i Stuart Lee has directed a lot of a lot of Star Wars, a lot of. Um, oh yeah, I still remember. I mean, he's. I don't remember specifically which ones, but I know I remember his name from some of the best episodes of Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then this uh, uh, Tamara. I'm gonna. I think maybe Becker. I think maybe it's supposed to be Becker. I. Uh, lots of writing credits uh let me let's go to writer uh but this is i think this is her first star wars yeah so we've got warehouse 13 crash warehouse 13 good guys covert affairs shades of blue iron fist two episodes of iron fist i i from it does i it doesn't really tell me if they're from season one or two uh, an episode of Runaways, an episode of Daredevil, six episodes of Doom Patrol, which I still haven't watched yet, but I hear really great things about. Uh, and then, yeah, she's got she's got one credit for Bad Batch. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, it's it's really cool to see that that we're getting some new, some fresh blood in uh, in Bad Batch, even though we're in such familiar territory. It's it it's a funny thing where they're like, hey, it's you know, I uh, uh, sort of as we've talked about, it's Clone Wars meets Star Wars Rebels in a lot of ways. But they've been bringing in all of these new writers, and uh, and yet it's still very much uh, uh, fitting with with the style of Clone Wars and Rebels. So uh, uh, I don't know. It's just it's like an interesting dynamic going on. But uh, let, let me let me open this one up. Uh, traveling through hyperspace, Tech outfits Omega with her own comm device, which used to belong to Crosshair. She's excited, but there are more pressing matters at hand. The team decides to land at Ord Mantell. Hunter knows of an informant and old ally of the Jedi there named Sid, who might be able to help uncover the mystery of their bounty hunter attacker. Um, I loved the the kid playing with a walkie-talkie aspect mm-hmm. of this opening, where it's like they give they give Omega the the com, and I like that it's been like basically popped off of the armor and then wrapped around her arm almost, um, mm-hmm. so that she can use it. But I, uh, but I, uh, I uh, the 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 running gag of like, hey, it's not a toy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then her good. using it from like three feet away. But, yeah, definitely. Um, it, it, uh, I saw a tweet. I wish I wish I could remember who tweeted it, but I saw a tweet uh, that was like this: uh, Omega in this episode um, is is such a well written kid. 
Mm-hmm. I, I that like like she does she does act like an actual kid, not like a TV kid, but like a like an actual kid would. That they do a really good job of of giving her just these these playful moments, uh, which which always kind of breaks the the super serious bad batch tone. Yeah, it makes it a I think more fun. I I think this was definitely my favorite episode for her character so far, and just all the fun yeah, moments same. she got to play around with. And and you're right, like she was written really well. And one thing that I kind of noticed was, I think earlier we had talked about kind of comparing her early on to where we see like Ezra and Ahsoka start out and like the initial reaction to those characters. And I think the thing I like about Omega is, and you know, we'll kind of get into this more throughout the story, but like, she's really sort of eager and, um, you know, just has like a, like a genuine earnestness to her. Like she wants to get in and help and she wants to be part of the team, but she also doesn't, you know, I mean, she, uh, she doesn't have some of the annoyances that I had with with Ezra and Ahsoka early on, and I think really that stems from like she's she doesn't think she knows more than she does. Um, you know, she's not like, oh, I know everything, and yeah, I got this, and I'm 14, but I'm gonna go fight General Grievous or lead a whole Starfighter squadron or whatever. Um, you know, she's she kind of like knows she realizes this is all new to her, and she kind of knows that she doesn't know anything about this yet but she wants to like learn as much as she can and do whatever she can to help out but she at least so far hasn't gotten to a point where she's like biting off more than she can chew or kind of coming off as like arrogant or obnoxious or anything like that so i like the the, uh the way that they're starting off with this character yeah she i i like you said like like we've we've driven drawn a lot of comparisons between like ezra ahsoka and and omega um but at the same time, like, yeah, I, I do think some of the stuff that you just pointed out really differentiates her story um, from from those characters, particularly, I think, like when you talk about Ezra and Ahsoka, when we first meet them. Yeah, you're right. There is like a there's like a cockiness to both characters mm-hmm. that that Omega doesn't have. Omega, I think, is is more I think it's maybe actually the opposite and maybe that's where some of the earnestness is coming from is that I think as we go on, we're starting to learn that Omega is actually probably more capable than she realizes, but she's sheltered, right? Like, like she's, she's not left Camino until now and is learning about the world, but, um, but she's a quick study. She's, she's picking it up really fast um, and the experience last week with Fennec Shand, I think, did a lot for her. Um, and then this week's episode, I do think, I do think was meant to be sort of like a, hey, I, I, maybe, maybe treating her like a kid isn't the right way to go about this because, I mean, ultimately, when we'll get there, but ultimately, it's like she saves the day, right? um on her own without you know i i sort of i i mimicking or and i guess this is similar to to cornered right uh uh, not cornered i i replacements where sorry excuse me she starts with copying hunter but then uh, but then succeeds only when she kind of does it her own way. Right. And, and so I think like she is, she's learning that lesson and she is starting to develop her own identity and style 
Um, and I, I, it's, 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 it's interesting to see it happen. Cause it is, it's kind of happening slowly, but, but also all at once it's, it's a, it's a weird dynamic, but, but like you said, like this episode, and I, I felt this way as well after I watched it, like this episode was such a focus on her character. Um, and, and, and to me, it's like, I think one of the things that they're trying to do for us is prepare us for her being a more active part of the missions going forward. And certainly mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, we'll talk about it when we get there, but, but uh, picking up the bow, right. Mm-hmm. Which we've already seen in the trailer. And it's like, it's one of those moments that, that, you know, like uh, we've, we've been, we've, I think not just us, but like star Wars fans, I have been just like sitting, waiting, going like, when's she going to get that bow? <laughs> yeah um like i uh, like sort of the people the people who who picked apart the trailers and stuff it's like oh man i would absolutely and it's funny because normally i would you know back in the days of clone wars if you had told me that there was going to be a little kid running around with the clones helping out on their missions i probably would have thought that was going to be dumb and annoying but now i'm like i would love it if you know by the end of this show i don't know maybe a couple seasons in or something if she even gets her own suit of armor or at least a helmet yeah. or something um and it's obviously not going to be like on the front lines shooting at people, but you know, just being able to uh, to help out more and more, and yeah, like you said, kind of come yeah. into her own more, find out like her own skills and capabilities that she doesn't even realize yet, and uh, be able to really be a valuable part of the team. I would really love it if at some point, Bad Batch. And I don't know if this is a season one thing; it's probably a season two or season three thing. But I would love it if they hook up with. Bo-Katan and the Night Owls and at some point in the course of that it's like hey like we got to ditch our clone armor it's you know it's seen better days or whatever and they and they get new armor from the Mandalorians not to say that they would necessarily get like Death Watch style like Boba Fett Mandalorian armor right Mm. because the Death Watch Night Owls boba it's like it's a like those are all very like the boba Django style like it's all very um very similar but like but i'm thinking more in terms of like like the way that that like uh sabine has her own style of armor and and uh and and obviously like din uh when he gets his his second suit it's very different actually i mean even his first one is very different from boba's right yeah and i would say his first one's more different yeah i don't know i'm like i think that like the angular sort of nature of the of 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 the the beskar armor is 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 pretty unique the the chest plate's very different but um yeah that's true too but uh yeah i mean like i would just i would love to see them sort of each get get something new something that's not uh uh just you know uh clone armor painted black and not not that it is i mean like they do have unique sets of armor but um i'm just i think i feel like the the black and red with the skulls is it's just so on the nose it's it's too much for me and i would love to see them move away from that stuff plus i also just love a costume change it's uh yeah it's uh, i i live for it so I yeah I don't know I would I would like to see that eventually see them evolve away from the clone armor I I also think that it I uh, 
I it makes them stand out. Um, I and and it's gonna it's gonna be a problem at a certain point in the story of like like I think of like when they when they when they get off the ship in this episode and they're all suited up and it, and to go in to find Sid and it's like like you guys really shouldn't be walking around in that armor. Like you, yeah. you're drawing a lot of attention <laughs> looking well, like yeah, a bunch of and, clone troopers. Right. And that's, that's something where I think that would be a good progression to make, like, as we get sort of further into the show and, you know, maybe like a season two or a season three thing. And as we kind of get further away from the clone wars, um, cause obviously, I mean, I think them in the armor right now is still sort of signifying that like, we're very much still seeing this through the lens of clone troopers in a time period immediately post order 66 and revenge of the Sith and all that. And seeing, you know, what is it like for the clones during this time? And especially, you know, yeah. this particular batch of clones that's going against all that. But um, yeah, as, as you move further and further out and as they have to move away from their previous role as soldiers of the Republic and find their way as really something other than clone troopers. I mean, they're obviously always going to be clones, but um yeah, even, you know, if they get some kind of Mandalorian armor or just some kind of different armor altogether that it's like, hey, we're not part of the Grand Army of the Republic. We don't need this Republic clone trooper armor anymore. Um, yeah. And just have something even, that, you know, is, is practical yeah. and obviously is going to look cool and have a cool visual design, but something yeah. that can be completely unique in their own. Or even just just an evolution of their their current armor in the way that we get um with captain rex right in, in yeah. star wars rebels where it's like well he's still he's still definitely using his armor but his look has evolved like to the point where he really just uses the the what the the chest piece the shoulders and the wrist gauntlets and the, i guess i guess he's got the boots like yeah. the shin part of the boots or whatever in the helmet but but like it's a very different look right um it, like it, it evolves i uh, and and it would be cool to see that same sort of thing with these guys, but I'm sure that that's the plan. Like I'm sure I just like over the course of the Clone Wars, we got multiple versions of Obi Wan and Anakin, uh, multiple versions of Ahsoka, right? Like I I like they're they won't be able to resist like a season three costume change. Oh, I'm sure. If, again, um, if not sooner, I mean that could even be yeah. something that comes up this season if it's you know really comes to like them on the run and they need to ditch their old outfits and blend in more. Yeah. But then, I mean, I, we saw them do we saw them do that in the last episode. Like they have their yeah. kind of plain clothes or their disguises when they need to. But well, and Echo Echo specifically with his whole uh, uh, droid look. Yeah, his, his I would droid love. Bounty hunter I I mean, I would love if they found a way to make that like a running gag and kind of switch it up every time and not have it feel like the same thing. But like once a season, have Echo just be like a droid that they sell or have him infiltrate <laughs> like a, a droid yeah. shop or something like that. Yeah, keep pushing with the droid thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let, let, let's keep going. Go, You go ahead, do the next one. All right. Uh, the squad heads to an underground parlor where Sid should be. Hunter has never actually met Sid, however, uh, so he does not know who to look for. A Trandoshan female denies knowing anyone by that name and tells him to get lost. As the team debates, Omega approaches the Trandoshan at the bar. You're Sid, she says plainly. You're sharper than your friends over there, the Trandoshan replies. Um, and so again, we see here, I wasn't sure if this was kind of trying to imply, you know, obviously we've talked about Omega potentially being force sensitive. Um, but also, like you said, you know, you talked about her like copying Hunter and she's obviously very, um, 
observant and like picks up on things really quickly. And so I don't know if she's just super intuitive and, you know, if that somehow is playing into like whatever her special ability is or, or whatever, or if it is, you know, some sort of more, um, force sensitive or, or supernatural kind of thing that she just kind of knows things like this, but, um, she's obviously a, a very smart kid, but again, this wasn't like a, a cocky, like, Oh, I know what they don't know you know, she's just a very sort of sweet and innocent. Like as they're all arguing about it, she's like, no, Sid's right here. Yeah. I, 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 I think that it's more just like, she's got insight. Um, than than it is for sensitivity, um, and maybe it's a bit of a misdirect, but but usually there's some sort of audio cue with the force. Usually we get a little bit more uh, like like of a of a of an indicator that that's what's happening, right? Yeah, and it, it, it takes on different forms, so it's not like it's a hundred percent consistent. But usually there's like like with Ezra, there was always kind of like a like almost like a whistling sort of thing that mm-hmm. would happen. And with when we, when Vader uses the force, we know it like rumbles. Right. Right. Um, so I it, like in the more modern stuff, I feel like there's like that, like the force has sort of a, a, a presence that is, that is usually felt through sound. Um, and I didn't really get any of that sort of vibe. It also, I don't know, like they just, they, I think if they wanted to imply that they would have held on it a little bit longer as if she was like doing something, but I don't mm-hmm. think that she's using like a power. I think that no, she no, no. Just, I, I definitely don't think she's using like, a power. Like past she, it. Yeah. She's not like walking up to Sid and like using a, a Jedi mind trick or like reading her mind or something. I think if this is like any kind of force ability, again, it's just more of like an innate sense um, so I didn't think this was like, this is the moment that's supposed to reveal that she's force sensitive. It's just like sort of just ha- having had those conversations and those thoughts about, could this maybe be the direction that they're going with that? This was just like sort of a, another breadcrumb, I guess. Um, I fully expect that if, if she is force sensitive, she's going to ha- probably have another like baby Yoda kind of moment where, you know, they're all in imminent danger and suddenly out of nowhere, she does some display of force powers that we didn't know that mm-hmm. she could do before. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm still not, you know, making any kind of definitive judgment on it one way or the other. I just thought it was interesting. Like sort of what is, what's it kind of supposed to be hinting at here. Yeah. Uh, I'll continue here. Uh, Sid leads the bad batch to her office. They show her a hollow of Fennec Shand. Sid does not recognize her, but can tell she's a bounty hunter. Hunter asks if she can find out who hired her, but Sid demands they pull off a job in return. Rescue a kid named Moochie, who's currently held by Zygerian slavers. They'll split the bounty 70-30 in Sid's favor. Um, I, I do. I like this setup. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a kid named Moochie. Um, <laughs> I and, also like uh, that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Ahead. Oh, I, no, just, I, I like that. I like that. Um, you know, I think Wrecker and Omega were kind of 
chatting between the two of them about the mission. He's like, oh, yeah, that'll be easy or whatever. And then when Sid says, you know, oh, well, so, okay, you know, we'll split the bounty 70-30 in my favor. And I expected Hunter to jump in and be like, oh, I don't know, like, that's kind of steep or them kind of argue about it or whatever. But, like, before anybody else can say anything, Hunter's or Wrecker's just like, yep, sounds good to me. Let's get out of here. We can do this. This will yeah. be easy. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, they're, they're learning. They they they're gonna have to learn and 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 get better at this this part of the job. Yeah. But uh, but they don't quite, they haven't quite realized that yet. I think that's one of the like that's sort of the other part of this story is them realizing, oh wait, we're <laughs> we're mercenaries now. That's what we are. Yeah. Um, but I like I it also uh, just to note, uh, Sid is voiced by Rhea Perlman. Uh, who uh, people would know uh, from Cheers, uh, and uh, uh, so great, uh, uh, such a great voice, um, uh, and and I think I think we're gonna see a lot of Sid. I think I think they'll oh I think so too be getting a lot of their missions from Sid this season at least. That was another thing I liked about this episode too, just sort of planting the seeds for a more. Um, I don't know, like a more connected storyline through season one. You can kind of see yeah. where they're headed a little bit. Cause so far every episode has been a little, I wouldn't say disjointed, but you know, they all kind of operate separately. Um, aside from just the thing that like, we know Crosshair and the empire, you know, still after them and Omega and whatever, but we haven't seen them in a couple episodes and just knowing that it's the bad batch on the run and, you know, just kind of the general gist of it, but each episode has been pretty separate. But now the fact that this is like a direct follow-up on the last one, and they're now trying to figure out, who Fennec Shand is and why she's after um, Omega. And it's like, you know, we already figured we were going to see Fennec Shand again, but now this is kind of setting it up that we're probably going to see her multiple more times throughout this first season. Um, and I don't know if that specifically, like just Fennec and who her employer is and why they want Omega, if that's going to be kind of the main thrust of season one. But um, I don't know. I'm excited to get a little more momentum and have these episodes kind of building on each other and, and get a good plot going. Yeah, and and I do think like there's been a lot of sort of establishing um what the sort of what the world is and I think mm-hmm. that we're good now. Like I think that this episode maybe signals like hey, uh we get it that you know chain codes, the empire, all of that stuff. Now let's get into missions. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so I I do think that this episode will be a shift and we'll we'll see next week, but but I do think this episode will be a shift into more of like the now we're moving into more of like the A team thing of like every week they're gonna have to help somebody different um, mm-hmm. in order to make money to 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 just to survive right. But uh, uh, we'll 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 see. I, again, we have no we have no episode titles. We have no descriptions. We really don't know what's coming next. Um, I'd have to go through the trailers again to look at them and see like, what haven't we seen yet? But, but the only major thing I think that stands out right now is the Captain Rex stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And I remember there's, I'm just thinking back on it right now. And I know there's, um, there's some shots of some kind of like, not a big space battle, but like them in space, like outrunning some little ships that are shooting at them or something. So I don't think we've seen that yet. Um, oh, and then there's the thing with, there's also that shot that I think was at the very end of the first trailer where Wrecker is like climbing out of a a lake or something and some big like tentacle monsters coming up after him. 
Yeah. 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 But we don't know. I, I like all of this stuff. It's like, who knows what? Um, yeah. I mean, we don't know locations or what's connected to what, or anything right? like that. But yeah. it feels like we're running out of trailer stuff. Oh yeah, uh, for that's, sure. That's kind of, that's kind of my impression is that we're kind of, we're kind of there. Uh, uh. And I feel like that's how these trailers usually go anyways. Like they're usually just, it's stuff from the first half of the season. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Why, why don't you go ahead with the next? All right. Uh, back on the Marauder, Wrecker suffers from a headache, but brushes it off. Meanwhile, Omega is shocked to learn that people can be bought and sold, saying that it doesn't seem right. We're going to stop it from happening to that kid, Echo says. Um, and this is another interesting thing, too. You know, a, a little thing that I'm sure is going to have some kind of payoff later is Wrecker Rec- having this recurring headache. Um, and it's like, is his chip just slowly activating or is he suffering some kind of side effects yeah. from the chip not activating or malfunctioning or something like that? Um, but I think this is obviously something that we're going to kind of see more of as the show goes on and something that could have potentially dire consequences if, uh, I mean, I don't think Wrecker's just going to turn against them too. I think that, you know, they would do it some other way, but, um, yeah, I don't know. That, that could be bad news whenever something happens with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, we're clearly uh, foreshadowing that, right? It's it's, yeah. it's it's coming at some point. But it'll... It will come at the absolute worst time. That's... I think that's the important thing to remember. As you were you were talking there, I, I was just uh, uh, watching the, the, the main trailer um and and the one thing i think that that we didn't mention before that that's in there is that it looks like they're on naboo at some point uh hmm. in the attes um so so that's another which oh, looks yes. to be a very different thing from the captain rex stuff which which looks like yeah. it's on more of a desert planet i'll have to go back and watch that again because i remember that shot i had has i had assumed that that was on um onderon with saw Gerrera. um but obviously we've it seen him again. It, we, it we've seen him already now. I don't know if we'll, we'll go back there, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, there's a, I think there's every chance that we could go back to Onderon. <laughs> have some yeah. more saw. Uh, uh, it's my go, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. The bad batch arrive at the city ruins where Moochie is being kept after scouting the stronghold and spotting Moochie, a young failing uh, girl hunter orders Omega back to the ship. Before they can attack, a large winged creature called a Brezak leaps at Echo as he falls to the ground. Uh, sorry, as he falls to the ground unconscious. Zygerian goons quickly capture the rest of the team. Sid speaks with her contact. She tells him to assure his employer that he'll be reunited with Moochie soon. Is this do we we get we don't full on see that it's Bib Fortuna, right? At right. first, we just we I think we see him from behind, but it's very clear that it's Bib because right, right. Well, maybe it's not very clear yet, but it seems somewhat clear. I think I remember well, you being know like, "Oh, that's Bib." You know what's funny is, for whatever reason, because the, the angle of the shot, you just see kind of like the lower part of his face and his chin and everything, and it's like 
I immediately, like, I saw his chin, and it immediately made me think of, like, him in the Book of Boba Fett, when he's, like, I, I recognized the chin where he's, like, sitting there, you know, he's obviously put on about twice his body weight since taking over yeah. Tatooine, um, and yet this is still, like, you know, skinny bib from Return of the Jedi, or, you know, before that, obviously. From the Phantom Menace. Um, yeah, 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 <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, Matt, Matt Wood, I, I bib for it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was funny that even with the the 150 pounds in weight difference, just like for whatever reason, the area under his neck, I was like, that's Bib Fortuna. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. I, there, uh, Bib has a specific look <laughs> compared to other Twi'lek. I think he's very he's very specific, but uh, also the yeah. coloration, I think, like just that like pale. Uh, a sickly white color that he is, right? Yeah, and Matt would do in the voice, of course, too. Yeah, yeah. So they kind of telegraphed it a little bit, but it it still didn't like. I still was surprised <laughs> when we get to 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 the reveal of Moochie, but uh, it was like, yeah, I knew right away when they were like, "There's Moochie." I was like, "No, that's not Moochie. There's a this is a trick. It's not this easy." Um, oh, see, I. I didn't well, I don't remember where where I first kind of realized um but yeah, obviously, you know. Well, cuz you didn't know that the thing in the cage was going to be a kid yet. Yeah, well, but, yeah, we didn't know it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously you knew there was going to be some kind of wrinkle in the plan and just getting Moochie yeah. out of there wasn't going to be that easy. Yeah. But uh anyways, I, you, you keep going here. All right. Um, on the ship, Omega sits with the team's gonk droid and customizes her clone trooper toy into a bad batcher. But she suddenly hears voices outside and runs to hide. As the Zygerian henchmen enter, she slips out and runs into the caverns. Omega tries the calm, but no one answers. Uh, I'm going to keep going. Uh, the the badge bat, the, <laughs> the, the bad batch sit in chains with Moochie and other slaves. Hunter says they need to contact Omega, but their comms and weapons have been removed. Just then, Tech spots Omega sneaking above. Um, so this is what I was talking about of like of of Omega sort of being more capable than I think she realizes, or that certainly more capable than than the Bad Batch realize, um, because she manages to get away. I. I thankfully there's another way to get out of the ship it's not just mm-hmm. the ramp um but she manages to get away and uh and then makes it uh, uh over to where they are um and then uh mo- i mean she does a pretty good job here she mostly manages to get get around without being detected but uh, for a kid she does a great job yeah um, but yeah it, it it is very much uh, how are we going to get out of this one? And like, you know, that like they would have figured it out eventually. They would have, they would have, you know, punched a guy and then started a fight and it would have turned into a whatever, right? You know? Yeah. It, well, especially because like, once she, it, stuff, yeah, especially because once she causes the distraction, Wrecker's just like, okay, time to go and just busts out of the chains. And it's like, oh, you could do that the whole time. Okay. Yeah. He just needed the distraction because when, because when he kind of, tried to before they they zapped him right yeah um so yeah he just needed that window he just needed an opening um where he knew that that he wasn't going to be incapacitated so uh yeah uh good you you grab the next the next section here all right 
the Zygerian slave trader comes to greet the Bad Batch, boasting that they're his four new slaves. Meanwhile, Omega makes her way around the stronghold. She comes upon a large cage, but one of the henchmen grabs her. I wasn't sneaking, she says. I was unlocking. And this was like one of my favorite little moments of hers, because again, she's just got, you know, such that kid like just earnestness, but like, yeah. you know, is, is clever enough to outsmart them too. Because yeah, she comes to the cage where Moochie's out and she's trying to um, open it or whatever. And you don't really see her like fully unlock it. You just see her kind of messing with it. And then they grab her and it's like, oh, we caught her sneaking around. And she's like, I wasn't it's, sneaking. Yeah, I was unlocking and holds, holds the key up. And then Moochie busts out of the cage. It's a good reveal. Uh, I'll, I'll just keep going here. Uh, a young rancor emerges. It attacks the slavers, tossing rocks and charging those who kept it prisoner. Taking advantage of the distraction, Wrecker frees the team and the Bad Batch go to rescue Moochie and the other captives. But when Omega addresses Moochie, she's quickly corrected. The young girl isn't Moochie. The rancor is. Omega and Tech take the captives to safety. Uh, Hunter and the rest follow Moochie. Um, so yeah, there's the reveal. And uh, uh, Moochie is adorable. Moochie yep. is a cutie. And uh, action figures, please. Um, oh yes please man i really like i i know that everybody wants uh realistic uh black series figures and whatever i really wish they would just bring back the and i don't mean like not the crappy five points of articulation clone wars stuff that we got sort of halfway through and then through to the end of the clone wars line but like I I guess like the very first ones that came out were also five points as well, but there was like like the second versions of Obi Wan and Anakin that actually mm-hmm. had joints that could bend and that were very poseable and like like the like the Kit Fisto and Plo Koon and and a bunch of the other characters that that are great action figures. I want Clone Wars style action figures of the Bad Batch and. Uh, and I want a Clone Wars. I want a Moochie. I want a Moochie action figure, three and three quarter yeah. scale, please. Well, heck, I wish I wish they would just do animated style for the uh, Black Series figure for Black like, Series. Yeah, I, yeah I, me too. But they won't. We'll never yeah. get it because we'll Black Series. Black Series is pretty much all I collect nowadays. But yeah, the fact that anytime they do like Clone Wars or Rebels characters, they have to make them realistic looking. Yeah, it's like man, you could just do six inch figures, but keep them in the animated style, or at least you know, do like a kind of hybrid where it still has a little bit yeah. of that animated look. I really like the rebels figures that they did. Like, like, like I, I think that they're great, but in particular Ahsoka, I, I really liked when they did that. Um, but w- if I were given the choice, like if, if I could change something like I, they would all be animated style. They would be really nice six inch versions of the animated look, but um, but Hasbro knows their audience and they know, they know what sells. They know that the animated stuff doesn't sell, which is why we're not getting it. Right. So like we got what a wave, two waves, maybe uh, two waves of the galaxy of adventures figures. And then that was it. Like, like they're clearly not continuing that there is right now there's mission fleet and they've done a fair number. As a matter of fact, I just bought Darth Maul um, uh, over the weekend. I got the, the the Mission Fleet Darth Maul to go with my Mission Fleet Obi-Wan. Uh, I've got Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, uh, Mando, and Grogu, and, and Darth Maul now. Um, oh, nice. 
and uh, yeah, I I love them. They're fantastic. I I think that they're great little figures, but uh, and like the, the, they come with really cool little accessories and stuff. But uh, I I but I would love I would love to get just some like classic Clone Wars style Bad Batch, but like but like put them on Hunter's helmet instead, like like for the the card back, do it as like a Bad Batch like Hunter helmet. Oh yeah, instead, like on the cool. um. Like, like how similar they, to the the original Clone yeah. Wars packaging with the clone trooper helmet, yeah. Yeah. I just exactly. got um, you know, they did the six inch um collector's yeah. edition, like Obi Wan and Anakin and, and Echo and everything on the um those six inch versions of those clone trooper card backs. And I've got my Obi Wan and Anakin's in the mail. I think that should be here tomorrow. So hopefully it comes intact and not all bent or with a dented bubble or whatever. Yeah, seriously. I've, I've, I've seen some horror stories too. I'm nervous. Cause it was like, I've seen a lot of those with Anakin for whatever reason, my Obi-Wan yeah. got here fine. And now I'm just like, all right, come on, Anakin, yeah. you can do this. I do. I missed the opportunity to pre-order them. I so I, I could have gotten Anakin, but I, but I waited too long, but because I was like, well, why hasn't the Obi-Wan gone up for sale? And then, and then like a couple weeks later, the Anakin ones were displaying the same way. And I was like, Oh, because Obi-Wan sold out immediately. That's why. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, but that's just for online. So I'm waiting to, to see if they show up in stores, uh, in the store soon. Um, there's also collector's shops that like it there's cause up here, they're Toys R Us exclusive cause we don't have target. Um, I, so they're, they're Toys R Us exclusive ones, but I, I, there are collector shops up here that the second that they hit the shelves at Toys R Us, they'll disappear from Toys R Us and they'll show up at this other shop that's five minutes away from the Toys R Us. Oh, go yeah. figure. Same thing um, will happen here too. Five or ten dollars uh, more expensive. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I'll wait until I see them and and uh, and cave and pick up Obi Wan and then probably also Anakin just because. But uh, anyways. Uh, where are we? Where are we? Uh, I think this is um, you. Moochie continues. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Moochie just busted out and we were talking about wanting yeah. wanting an action figure. Uh, Moochie continues to attack, roaring with roaring with rage. The slave trader tries to secure the creature, but Hunter throws himself into the Zygarian. The two battle while the rest of the team goes for Moochie, with Hunter emerging victorious. Uh, yeah, uh, man. I, I, great fight with the whip and Mm -hmm. uh uh, hunter just not even not even being phased um and i did i did see some people being like oh but anakin right i think maybe even is it uh oh yeah we'll save that for later because because i think it's it's in our social media stuff but um but i do think like like well hunter is wearing armor so yeah yeah exactly and you can uh, you can tell like because i just rewatched the episode again before we recorded and he he does get a little bit worn down he um, does but but like he also does he like he takes it on the gauntlet right like yeah yeah like he specifically uses his gauntlet to 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 sort of i think absorb the electricity as much as he can oh yeah for um, and sure. it still courses through his armor but but i think i do think he is protected somewhat Oh yeah, no, I definitely think the armor protects him, but also I'm just saying it's not like he shrugs it off without. No, he's just affecting him at all. Yeah, he's just tough. Yeah, yeah, Uh, uh, yeah. But also, when when they take Anakin down, he's getting whipped by like six of them. Yeah, it's there's it's it's a yeah it's a different situation. Uh, Here I'll I'll continue. Uh, Muchi fights with the Zygerians Brezak, 
and the winged beast finally flees. With the Rancor alone, Tech advises that Wrecker needs to establish himself as the Alpha in order to subdue the beast. Wrecker and Moochie trade blows, both getting more and more tired until the Rancor finally collapses, exhausted. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Wrecker is also pretty pretty tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this was a, this was good. I liked it. That they like. How are we going to deal with this? Um, and and the the result of it is not just that like oh they tired out Moochie, but then as we see in the next scene, like Moochie just kind of just kind of goes with them now mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. Wrecker has established himself as the alpha. Uh, yeah, I, I, which is funny. it's like when you see, you know, a, a, you see scenes like this. I don't know if this happens in real life, but you see scenes like this in movies where, you know, two guys will get in a bar fight, beat the crap out of each other. And then they're like, good fight, man. Let me buy you a drink. That's exactly what happened here. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. 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 Now there's just respect. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did say it a few weeks ago of like, like, what are the upper limits of Wrecker's strength? is it like superhero type strength and i'm willing to say now i mean like even baby rancor i get it like 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 juvenile rancor right but at the same time a rancor (laughs) yeah like this is basically the equivalent of fighting a grizzly bear only a grizzly bear that's also a dinosaur (laughs) right (laughs) like like wrecker is very strong (laughs) he is very strong uh, uh, yeah, I, I still don't know if this is like this would be like his upper limit, but but the fact that he can go toe to toe with this creature, I think, uh, says quite a bit about how strong he actually is. Um, also, yeah. uh, again, going back to the chains, like when he just when he just pops that collar like it's nothing, like it's made out of plastic, like he just yeah he just rips that thing right off. So, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, records. Yeah, I, I, and I love them like putting him in this situation. Obviously, something we've never seen before in Star Wars. But like, because we, t- like you said, we talked about this as far as like what are the limits of his power, but also like how are they going to use that? And you know, are they going to find like an interesting way to make him like a vital member of the team outside of just like him always being the one that breaks him out of chains or is punching holes through walls when they need to escape or something like that? Yeah. And you know, when he's like, oh, we need someone that can wrestle a rancor until it tires out or like respects you for dominance and wrecker's like oh yeah sure no problem let me get in there i'm like oh yeah this is why we need wrecker yeah yeah he doesn't even hesitate right like like uh, yeah I, I, if anything he's like enthusiastic about it oh he yeah just definitely. jumps right in yeah. no, i loved it that was a lot of fun why don't you continue here um yeah all right bib fortuna right hand man of jabba the hut pays a visit to Sid, demanding an update. But he soon hears the cries of Moochie. The adolescent Rancor approaches, Omega riding atop its back. Fortuna comes outside to claim the creature and pays Sid the bounty. When they leave, Sid tells Hunter to come inside. Hi. I'll just keep going. Sid gives Hunter the intel promised, saying that the bounty hunter on, the, on, the, on their trail is Fennec Shand. She's new to the scene, but has already proven herself to be cunning and ruthless. She says, it's unknown who hired her, but Sid's sources say it's a direct commission. Uh, the Trandoshan pays Hunter the team's cut and promises there's more where that came from if they want the work. So just to be really clear, the direct commission thing, meaning 
it's not through the bounty hunters guild um so it's mm. it's off the books basically which is why she can't get uh the 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 details right um because if it were if it were a guild job then she, there's probably something she could look up right but mm. it's not a guild job it's a it's it's a direct commission oh i guess that makes sense yeah from the kaminoans i'm gonna go ahead and say i think it's from the kaminoans i th- i don't i don't think that it's 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 super clever or not that it's not super clever but i don't think that it i i, I think that it's easy for us to to uh, read too much into it or 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 for us to try and be too clever about it mm-hmm. um yeah i think it's just very simply uh uh the kaminoans doing it that's my guess uh, yeah i mean again i i think based on what we know right now i think that's the best we've got to go with i still think it could potentially be someone else but there's going to be a wrench in here at some point. Like even if it is the Kamen Owens, then the big, you know, the big twist or whatever is going to be the reason that they want Omega. Um, yeah. Or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's we, we've got a windy road ahead, but we know yeah, they're involved sure. somehow. Totally. Why don't you finish it off? Um, before Hunter can leave, Sid stops him. It's interesting. A bounty hunter of Fenix, Fenix caliber being after you, you fellas must be pretty valuable. She says cryptically. Don't worry, I'm good with secrets. Um, and yeah, so like you said, we're we're definitely going to see more of Sid going forward because um, I think yeah, they're going to probably get more jobs from her. But also, she's definitely establishing herself as one of the one of these characters. That's like, is she going to be more of a help or a hindrance? You know, even though she says, "Oh, don't worry, I'm good with secrets," it's like she also seems like the kind of person that maybe you can't completely trust or you don't know who she knows or what her motivations might be. And so um, having her be someone that knows like, Hey, these guys are valuable and there's bounty hunters after them. She could help protect you or she could alert more bounty hunters that, Hey, there's a high value target over here. So um, yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to watch your back around her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think, yeah, I think they're going to play with this. I, I think it's going to be a while before we reveal whether or not we can trust uh, 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 Sid. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, so I think I do think that, that there will be like a back and forth sort of like who's she actually working for sort of thing. Um, but I uh, but I do also think that that this character will die uh, protecting the others protecting mm. the bad batch. Uh, that's my prediction right now. Probably at the hands of Crosshair. Uh, oh, uh, interesting. We'll catch up to the, them at some point. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You got everybody. Write that one down. Get back to me. Let me know uh, if I'm if I'm right when that happens. Um, uh, it would be funny if it happens in like two episodes, like this character <laughs> that we thought is going to be around forever. But uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, cool. I mean, like, uh, look, they, not a lot of deep symbolism or thematic stuff in this episode. Pretty by the books, kind of just a, a mission, kind of just an adventure. But I'm okay with that. I think we've had a lot of like, uh, like, what does it mean? What's going on? Who's like sort of intrigue episodes uh, already this season that I was happy to have just like a very cut and dry 
uh, fun adventure that's that is setting up our world and it's setting up sort of the status quo but it was cool to see a baby rancor it was cool to see bib fortuna um uh and uh yeah i I really enjoyed this episode i thought it was a lot of fun yeah Um, i did too and and i think like you said not really any deep like themes or symbolism or anything but i think there were at least enough you know and and, uh, there was enough intrigue in terms of the setting up like can we trust sid and who hired fennec and you know kind of those kind of teases to see where some of these things go and then just as far as the mission of the week like i said some of my favorite moments from omega so far and then you know just a, a fun kind of yeah. heist mission with these Zygarians and stuff and then crosshair fighting a baby rancor and you know it was just and record not once crosshair, again but yeah oh yeah it's, oh i don't know why i said crosshair um but uh and i feel like i say this every week but this episode in particular i felt like might have been the most visually you know just amazing looking one yet um but you know the animation quality is always top notch every week but it was cool to be on ord mantel too um and i said this before like how you know you can kind of tell that even though they obviously have their own story to tell like i think they also want to like reuse as much stuff from the clone wars as possible that they didn't get to use for um episodes that they didn't produce yeah because in the um i think it's the darth maul son of dathomir uh like that arc that was part of that was going to take place on ord mantel and so i don't know if if you were doing this but like when they go to the um the city where the zygarians are and it's all you know kind of ruined i was looking for any potential clone wars easter eggs because i was like oh is this (laughs) supposed to be that same city where there was the big battle between like the droids and the knight brothers and all that kind of stuff so um and i didn't see anything but i don't know if that was still supposed to be a, a reference for those of us that know that there was stuff that happened there during the clone wars but um it's cool to finally be able to see that on screen yeah uh yeah i i didn't know that i didn't realize that 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 was a thing but uh, uh i'll take your word for it i <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's jump into the mailbag let's 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 uh check in over there this is Sir, we've received a transmission from someone using our subspace frequency, Fulcrum. Incoming transmission from the Rebel Cells, Fulcrum Mailbag. Okay, so over on social media channels, uh, I asked the question, uh, Rampage had some real standout moments for Omega. What was your favorite Omega moment from the latest Bad Batch? Uh, and, uh, I don't know. Like, I know I felt, I feel like she had some standout moments. I really liked the, I wasn't sneaking. I was unlocking. I thought that that mm-hmm. was really great. Um, I, and, uh, I also really liked her, uh, uh, painting up her clone trooper to be a bad batcher. I thought that that was, that was a great moment. Um, but, uh, not, not a lot of comments, but, but we do have one from, uh, over on Instagram. Uh, Instagram.com slash rebel cells uh, and uh, Alexandrina Alexandrina underscore ATK says, well, to be honest, I don't really remember any. I laughed when she was playing with the calm, but I think she has, uh, I think she has incredible potential as a character, but she is rarely the most interesting character on screen yet for me. Uh, also, pet peeve of the episode, the whips that took down Anakin Skywalker, admittedly like a dozen of them, and obviously hurt Hunter, even though he plowed through it, uh, it hit Wrecker twice, and his face didn't move the slightest, almost like he didn't even notice. It's not a big deal, and I still enjoyed the episode. It was a lot of fun. 
but it just kind of took me out of it for a moment. Oh, and I love those bows. They look like the Night Sister bows from the Clone Wars season three. Yeah, similar, right? Because they because it's an energy bow similar to mm-hmm. to the Night Sisters. Um, but hey, I it's Wrecker. I just don't. I think it takes a lot to slow Wrecker down. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, like more than a Rancor. Yeah, I like I like the way that the bow kind of collapses. Hey, the way that like it like it goes into sort of its its resting mode. Um, yeah, like Omega picks it up and it's just kind of this rectangular contraption, and then it pops yeah. out into a bow. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing her her use it uh, uh, in in upcoming episodes. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I wish that I had an episode title and description to read you guys. <laughs> it's like I have the up next section, and it's just question marks. It's been question marks all season. But uh, uh, oh well. Um, but hey, I I mean I think that's it. I think that's it for this episode. I think we did yep. it. Hey, I this one's around an hour. Go figure. It's Joe. It's all his fault. Oh, uh, Joe. I, he's too the, illustrious. The extra long episodes. He's so illustrious. Oh my god. I <laughs> I uh, uh, but uh, yeah, that's it for this one. I I will be back again next week to talk about the Bad Batch. I, uh, I, but I, uh, yeah, we're uh, the, that's it for Rampage. Uh, thank you guys for listening, uh, and uh, and we'll we'll catch you next week. See you later, everybody. Follow Rebel Cells on Twitter and Instagram at Rebel Cells, and on Facebook at Rebel Cells Podcast. You can support the podcast in three ways. First, by going to the podcast service of your choice, leaving a rating and review to help others find the show. Second, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support to get cool rewards like exclusive podcasts and more. 